welcome to the Wilco Podcast. Worship Leaders Collective is a worship community of over 32,000 worship leaders from 99 countries around the world. You can check us out online at worshipleaderscollective.com or type in Worship Leaders Collective on Facebook to get connected for free today. Our hope is to help equip you with the tools and resources you need so that you can be who God's called you to be and do what He's called you to do. You've been called for such a time as this. Listen up as we dive into another episode of the Wilco Podcast. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Wilco Podcast. My name is Jenny McGrew. I sure hope y'all are having a great day today. Hey, we have something exciting and a little bit different for you today, a good kind of different. Today's episode is called How to Build a Healthy Team Culture. And today's episode was taken from a class that I had taught last fall right here at Worship Leaders Collective uh, to worship leaders and worship teams just like you. And it was actually a class that I had taught twice last year at Worship Innovators Conference. Perhaps you've already um, heard me speak on this before and today you're gonna hear it perhaps one more time. And perhaps you haven't heard me speak on this yet about how to build a healthy team culture. You know, perhaps you have a team of two that you're trying to make a team of 10 or maybe you have a team of 25 that you don't know what to do with and you're trying so hard to get there and you just don't know how to get there well hey we want to help equip you we want to help encourage you and hopefully inspire you to help your team become this season who God has called them to be so listen up let's get ready to grow together we love you guys okay guys it's so good to see you Uh, a lot of you are going to be watching this on uh, the rewatch um, I'm just going to mute you there. A lot of you are going to be watching this on the rewatch, um, but it's so good to see you guys here and also to see you guys, uh, you know, whether you're watching it later today or tomorrow or the next day, or maybe some of you are just even jumping on after the fact. Um, but this was a message I spoke at Worship Innovators Conference last week. Uh, Worship Innovators is a group of influencers, worship influencers from around the world. Um, that I'm really grateful to be part of. I'm grateful that our community gets to be part of this, you know, and just throw their hat in the ring and just be able to help encourage, equip and connect people from all over the world. Uh, What I really love about Worship Innovators is it's really just already an extension of who we are, you know? And um, so the plan was a couple of years ago, we were gonna have a conference in Chicago, obviously with the pandemic that didn't turn out as well as we had planned, um, but we went ahead and we did it online and uh, we've, we've run this conference now a couple of times online, most recently last week, and it's gone really well. Uh, we're meeting in a few weeks uh, together as a team um, just to talk about uh, perhaps running the conference in person in 2022 in the States. So we're really, we're really excited about that. And uh, we know that it's gonna be a really good time together. So you guys stay posted and stay tuned on that. Um, but I'm going. I'm going to uh, retalk, if I can say it like that, a uh, message that I had spoke at Worship Innovators. I spoke a few messages, um, but this was my focus session, and I had about 200 people in the room on a Zoom class, just like this. And it was on how to build a healthy team culture. Uh, we got a lot of good feedback from it, a lot of emails, and of course, like I told you, we're going to give some free handouts today. We're going to give you a free uh, worship team manual for you to totally use if you want to just use it. It was something that uh, my music director and I in Calgary 
Uh, we spent 14 days creating this worship manual. So we definitely poured our heart and soul into it. And we're also going to hand you guys some uh, team core values that we've adopted from Team Church. Uh, team Church um, is an awesome community of people down in Tacoma, Washington. We just love them so much. Uh, we're going to get you guys those today as well and talk about them a little bit. And, uh, um, and we just pray that today is a real blessing to each and every one of you. So um, we're going to pray before we get started and just invite the Lord in. And it's just been so incredible and um, how we have just seen the Lord's presence just manifest, you know, on Zoom or even people, you know, just watching rewatches. I think it's, it's just pretty incredible how God will work in every season, you know, just to keep um, the kingdom of God moving forward. And, you know, that we're just so aware of how present he is in every season. So God, we want to give you thanks for that, Lord. Uh, for being present in our everything, Lord, for being present in every season, Lord. I, I pray for every person on this call today, Lord Jesus, and the ones that are watching later, God, that you would strengthen them, uh, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, Lord. And uh, even as Psalm 84 says, blessed are those who dwell in your house, for they will be found praising you, Lord, um, that they'll go from strength to strength, Lord. And even if they're in a season that might seem dry and might seem like a bit of a desert or might seem like a barren season. Lord, you said that you would make it a place of spring, Lord. So I thank you that people are feeling refreshed. People are feeling recharged, Lord Jesus, to go the next leg. And um, Lord, that they would truly know that they've been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. Lord, may we know it. May we walk in it with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength today, Lord Jesus. May the cry of our heart uh, be to let the people see you, Lord Jesus, because how great is your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're going to talk about how to build a healthy team culture. Um, this class, for some of you who are on our weekly class, is going to be a little bit different in the fact of I'm not going to be asking for so much feedback. We might do a Q&A, but because so many people have asked for the rewatch, I'm really going to just try to keep it just in a classroom form, if that's okay. We won't have like maybe all like the family vibes today. I just want to be mindful of, you know, people having to watch it after the fact. It's just a little bit easier for them um, when they're just getting the teaching and they can just like jump on and they can jump off. So how to build a healthy team culture. Um, I would say this is my first version. I'm working on a revised version uh, for the next Worship Innovators Conference. Um, as the Lord's just been talking to me a lot more about how to build a healthy team culture, especially through this pandemic. Hey, um, it's been a real eye opener. And, you know, um, you know, just like in the Old Testament where it says, you know, you've not passed by this way before. I think we can all agree we have not passed by this way before, you know, and there's and there's really no there's really no manual. There's really no playbook uh, to how to navigate this season, because, you know, we got people from different countries here. We got we got we got people even from different continents, even on this call and, and watching later. And, uh, you know, things that I'll say to you guys today. Uh, some of it might work for you. Some of it might not work at all for you, you know, because what we really need this season is a tailor-made plan by the Lord himself for each and every one of us. But I pray that some of this will help you. So uh, just the framework or the foundation scripture for this talk today is going to be Matthew 22, um, 27, where, uh, you know, where it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and love your neighbor as ourself. And And I really believe that our lens for all we do, for everything that we are, is loving God and loving people. And I, and I know it sounds really simple, 
but and we'll dive we'll dive a little bit deeper into that as we go on. But our lens for all that we are and all that we do is number one, we love God with our everything. You know, number two, we are called to love people. And and in a season like I know that we're all walking through, it can really be easy to lose sight with the loving people part because you know, I know as well as you know that it can be super exhausting. This season has been very exhausting, you know, and it's required a lot of fruit of the Holy Spirit from each and every one of us. For me personally, it's 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 um, caused me to have to spend even more time in the presence of the Lord because I know that I can't give away what I don't have. And, you know, I'm, I'm a worship pastor, but I'm actually also a pastor. I co-lead a church in Vancouver, Canada with my husband. Jake and you know, and I'm sure some of you have just felt like this that you're just pouring out like a fire hose 24/7, you know, just pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. And um, I wish I could talk about Sabbath rest today. We talked about that last week in our class. Um, but you know, my my point being is that we can't do this without Jesus and the power of His Holy Spirit. So thank God for love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. That's a good one. And uh, long suffering, we need that one too. So, um, so on that note, um, just the point saying that our teams don't belong to us. Our teams do not belong to us. That we really have to remember that our teams belong to Jesus. And you know, if you're really invested in your team, if you've invested a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, it can be we can lose sight of the fact that oh, right, our teams actually don't belong to us. We get to steward these teams. You know, God, God gives us, you know, it's a holy privilege and it's an honor to be able to steward these teams, but these teams don't actually belong to us. For me personally, that takes a lot of pressure off. And, and I think about Jesus in the garden in John 17, you know, when he's praying, you know, and he's praying that, you know, that they may be one as you and I are one. But what he's saying is, is I've held all these in your name. I've, I've held all these disciples. I've held all these ones in your name. And, and I think that's a really good thing for us to remember is how Jesus held his disciples is how we should hold our teams is the hands open, hands open, you know, and just realizing that they really belong to the Lord. And as our teams don't belong to us, they belong to Jesus. And guess what? So do we, we belong to Jesus. And, and we have to remember in this season that Jesus just isn't our savior. Yes. He saved us. Yes. He's redeemed us, uh, but he's also our Lord, you know, that Jesus is our savior and he's our Lord and it requires our everyday surrender. And, you know, just the fact that my team not, you know, doesn't belong to me really puts the fear of the Lord in me. I know that we, and I, and I've said these things too, like my team, my drummer, my keyboard player, my this, my that, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but I think that we have to be careful of using verbiage like that to remember that, oh, right. Our team's actually belongs to the Lord. So ownership is good as long as we remember that that ownership is rooted in Jesus Christ. And our identity isn't like I did this by the power of my own hands, because we know that Jesus builds his church. Amen. Jesus said that, you know, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And that'll actually, this isn't part of my notes, that'll actually, you know, realizing and, and, you know, just keeping in remembrance that Jesus said he would build this church takes a lot of pressure off of us. God can help us avoid burnout as well. You know, where we can carry all the cares of the team. We can carry all the care, cares of everything. Uh, there's a difference between caring, caring, K or C-A-R-I-N-G. There's a difference between caring and carrying. Okay. K-A-R-R-Y-I-N-G. There's a difference between caring and carrying. And we have to remember that Jesus died on the cross to carry it. You know, I can care, 
but I shouldn't carry, you know? And uh, so we just, we hold our teams, you know, hands open, remembering that our teams belong to us. So a cheesy acronym, anyone that knows me or has been part of my team uh, will always laugh at me because I'm always like team adopted this from James Maxwell, you know, being an acronym who loves acronyms. they just make things easy to remember. They're cheesy. And I know a lot of people wish that they would go away, but I don't think acronyms are ever going to go away. Um, but T means together, everyone achieves more. You know, that was just a definition that John C. Maxwell gave of team. And I love it. I, I just think it's so easy to remember. And it's something that we can just adopt really quickly. It's something that we can ponder and think about team together. Everyone achieves more. And, you know, even through this pandemic, we've heard, you know, better together, right? We've, we've heard it a lot. Like we've heard it so much that maybe some of us have tired of hearing that. You might've heard me say together we win or hashtag together we win, you know? I really believe that we are better together in the kingdom of God. One plus one doesn't equal two. One plus one equals three and exponentially more. And, and I really believe that God's highest and best is team um, because God's highest and best is family, you know? So for me, when, I, when I'm talking about team, when I'm talking about teams to my teams, you know, I'm a worship pastor. I'm also a worship chaplain at a Christian university here in Vancouver called Trinity Western. Um, so when I was just, you know, even doing the training this past summer, getting ready for the fall and just, you know, because I'm new on the scene at Trinity Western, it just begins to talk about this team culture, how it's this family culture. And, and I believe, you know, one of the ways to help create a healthy team culture is to help create this family culture. And it's just something that the Lord's really been talking to me a lot about this season. And, and I really believe you know, that the people aren't necessarily looking for the best preaching in your church. They're not even necessarily looking for the best praise and worship experience in your church. I think they're looking for stability this season. I think they're looking for a lot of support. People need a lot of support. And I really think what people are looking for is a family right now. People are really, really looking for a family where they can just belong, you know, where they can just be who they, where they, who they are and um, just a place that is safe, you know? So just remembering that team culture, uh, I really believe is, is a heavenly culture, but beyond that, a team culture is a family culture. And we're not gonna look at this today, but if you go look in um, Ephesians 3, uh, where the apostle Paul, you know, where he's talking about the height, the depth, the width, the breadth, that prayer that he prayed that we would know the love of God that surpasses knowledge. Uh, if you go read before that, he says, for this reason, I bow my knee from whom the um, from whom the family and heaven and earth is named. I'd encourage you if you ever have some time to go study out that word family. Basically what that word family is saying that everything that is in God, everything that God is, is in that DNA of family. And, and for us as a church, even for me personally as a mom, I'm, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, my husband, I've been married 24 years. Uh, we have two uh, young adult children who are in university. Um, but just really um, striving, not in my own strength, but by the grace of God to be able to bring that DNA of family, that DNA of that heavenly family culture of everything that God is, is into our family, everything that God is into our church, everything that God is into our worship team. So this this team culture being this family culture um, is, is big. It's big. And um, I would encourage you guys just to go study that even out of Ephesians 3. But um, back to talking about team together, everyone achieves more. You know, team isn't just about having a lot of parts, okay? 
team isn't just about having a lot of parts and, and some of you that are on right now or some of you that, you know, I know a lot of you will be watching after. And, you know, if you're part of a small church, you might look at a big church and be like, well, isn't that nice? If I only had this, that I only had that, you know, I think we've all been, I don't want to say guilty, but we, you know, we, we've all been in that place, you know, if I, if I, if I, if only, if only, if only, and I would caution you from thinking that way, because God will bring us everything that we need in, you know, at the right time. And we have to be faithful to cultivate that and nurture that. And we're going to talk about that more as we go along. Um, but, you know, team isn't just about having a lot of parts and that can be wonderful, especially like if you're part of small church, um, you don't have that many parts. But I will tell you this, it doesn't mean a thing if those parts don't work together. It doesn't mean a thing if those parts don't work together. So like I can have many parts like this, but if those parts aren't working together and we're going to, we're going to look at the word of God in a minute here, just to explain what I'm talking about here. If those parts don't work together, what do we really have? We just have a lot of parts and it might look good to other people. It might look better on Instagram. It might look better on social media you know, but unless those parts are working together, that sound that the Lord's called us to release in worship, you know, or, or those songs that God's called us to, to write, or, you know, those who God's called us to be, isn't going to be able to go to the next level until we get those parts that are working together. So you might have three people on your worship team right now, and maybe those parts aren't working together, but I would encourage you, instead of wishing for more people on your team, get those three parts working together, you know, get them working together. You might have 50 people part of your worship team. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more. And that can be great. And maybe you're in a season where you're frustrated because you can't get those parts working together. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, how to get those parts working together, but it doesn't mean a thing unless those parts aren't working together. So more isn't better. Okay. More isn't better. Together, together is better. And, and one plus one equals three in the kingdom of God. So we're not after multi, we're after inter, we're after inter. And we want those parts to work together. Uh, Mother Teresa, um, obviously she's passed on uh, quite a while ago now, but she, she said this and it, it arrested me years ago. And she said, I can't do what you can do and you can't do what I can do, but together we can make something beautiful for God, you know, and just realizing that there's so much value in each and every part on the team. So to talk about these, you know, um, better isn't, or more isn't better as far as having parts on a team. This is the goal for me in, in you know, running worship teams, however you want to call it. And again, I've, I've used this scripture in our own worship teams. I'm using this scripture right now just to begin to talk to the teams at Trinity Western University, because, you know, I, I have, we have three teams at Trinity Western and not one of the team leaders has ever uh, led a team before. So everybody's green, everybody's learning right now. Um, it's kind of fun, it's super fresh, but Ephesians 2.21, um, and you can look at it if you have something to look at it with, or you can just listen to me. Um, but the apostle Paul said this, uh, he said, in him, the whole building is fitted, okay, fitted, think about parts being together, is fitted together, and grows into a holy temple into the Lord. Okay, so in him, the whole building, so think about your teams, okay, is fitted together, okay, so that's what we're after, we're inter. And when they're fitted together, they're able to grow, okay? It's not until they're actually fitted together that they're able to grow into a holy temple in the Lord. So we're not just trying to get our teams to grow, just to grow to have more parts, is we're spiritually wanting them to grow, 
in the Lord and in, become strong in the Lord and his power of his might become stronger in the gifting, you know, come stronger in the anointing that God has for them. But it, it says is fitted and grows into a holy temple in the Lord. And I love this. And then Paul said this, he said in him, you two, you two worship leaders are being built together into a dwelling place for God, his spirit. That's the goal. And I think it can be really easy, especially, you know, that last year, you know, for the smaller churches where everything had to be online and nobody knew how to do everything online. And we all had to become so awesome. Okay. And I might be preaching to the choir. I might not be preaching to the choir right now, but for us, because we were, we took over a very small church. We moved from Calgary to Vancouver. We took over a very small church that had nothing. It had nothing. And we were like, wow, we got to get really good at this fast, you know? And, and I know that I've talked to a lot of other worship leaders around the world where we were feeling the pressure, you know, but we have to guard ourselves from that pressure because the point is, and all of this is, is not to be the best, not, you know, and, and I know we were all feeling the pressure because we wanted our churches to be able to watch church online. I get it, you know, it's because we love them. And, uh, I'll be right there in a minute. Okay, Addison, I'll write it in a second. Actually, Vanessa, can you just pop that up? Ephesians 2, 21. Um, but we have to remember that the point is, is to become a dwelling place for God and his spirit. That is the point for our worship teams, is to become a dwelling place for God and his spirit and to guard our hearts against the pressure, to guard our hearts that you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to become this and you have to become that. Yes, grow. And we're going to talk about that a little bit in a minute. You know, we do need to be, you know, work on our skills, you know, and become more honed and, and become more equipped. But without Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean a thing. It doesn't mean a thing. You know, like that song says, on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand for our worship teams. You know, may on Christ, the solid rock, they stand, you know, and may we remember Everything else is just thinking, Sam, that that is not a firm foundation, that Jesus Christ is the firm foundation of our teams. That's what it, that's, you know, what it's supposed to be built on, you know, and, and to know that a holy culture will help build a healthy culture. I'm going to say that again. A holy culture will help build healthy culture and healthy things grow. Okay. I think sometimes we get so focused on the growing, grow, 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 grow. Remember that song? Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. You guys remember that song? Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow. And then what does it say? Don't read your Bible, don't ever pray, and you'll shrink, shrink, shrink. Yeah, so we need to think about that with our teams, too, that Jesus Christ is the solid rock, you know? And as we're pouring, you know, as we're pouring the word of God into them, as, as we are, as we are um, reinforcing that Jesus Christ is that solid foundation, you know, in their life, that that is the solid foundation for our teams. Those teams are going to grow, they're going to grow, and they're going to grow and become that holy house that God has called them to be. Okay, I want to give you some practicals. Um, and, it, you know, if you don't have a strong team culture, Okay. And I'm, I'm going to be like spiritual and practicals, but we just talked about spirituals. We'll get back into some spirituals in a, in a little bit here. But I also, I obviously wanted to start with that. But if you don't have a strong te team culture, please don't feel defeated. Please do not feel defeated. Okay. You know, um, don't try to build it overnight. 
do not try to build it overnight and, and don't cry. I have cried and maybe you've cried. I have cried in some seasons so many times. And my father-in-law, who has been my pastor since I was 11 years old, I married his son and uh, he is um, my father-in-law. Um, but um, he would laugh at me in certain seasons because he's going to, he was like, you know, I'd be stuck in these hard situations with worship teams. He's like, you're going to thank me for this situation. I'm like, no, I am not. I am not going to thank you for this. But guess what? I did. I do. I do thank him, you know, for, for those situations because it, and those seasons, because it taught me to focus on the right thing. It taught me to lean into Jesus. It taught me to give thanks for what didn't seem like enough that, that it would multiply. I wish I could talk about Thanksgiving, but I just am not going to have time. But if you don't have a strong team culture, don't try to build it overnight. And please do not feel defeated. You will get there. You will get there. Culture takes time and it's worth it. Culture takes time and it's worth it. So culture means to tend, to cultivate or nurture. Cultivate means to tend to cultivate or nurture. So, you know, obviously we can look at a, you know, a garden, we can look at a flower bed, you know, and um, I know that, you know, when I'm work working real hard on my flower beds, like we don't have a house right now. Uh, fun fact, we're homeless. For anyone that knows us, you know this, we sold our house in April. We're building this house. I feel like everyone's gonna wanna just come over and see this house that has taken so long. Um, living with my parents, it's super fun. I have to say in your 40s, when you move back in with your parents, it's like the best thing ever to know. And someone actually asked me what it was like. I said, it's like Disneyland without the Disney. <laughs> That's what it's like moving back home with your parents. But like culture, I think about flower beds, you know, and, and I think about, you know, does anyone like gardening here? You know, I love gardening. It's just a place, <laughs> Steph's like, no, I do not. That's honest, right? That you also live in Winnipeg and nothing grows in Winnipeg. Let's, <laughs> and, um, but anyway, you know, when you spend so long, you know, like you plant your flowers, if you, you know, if you have your annuals, you know, every year that you plant and <laughs> for real, not even my lawn, you know, anyway. So what I'm trying to say though, is that you have weeds pop up. So I live on the West coast. So, you know, it rains like, you know, 364 days out of 365 days of the year here. So, you know, it's very green, it's very lush, kind of looks like Ireland, um, but weeds are always popping up all the time and we can get discouraged and, and we can get defeated. You know, our teams are like that. Issues arise, emotions arise. We just gotta cultivate, that's just part of the process. Okay, so culture means to tend to cultivate or nurture. So good things take time. Good things take time. This has always just really encouraged me and allowed me to take a right. Good things take time. But here's the thing. Great things take even longer. And I think we live in a day and age where everything can be so great, you know, and we're not even feeling like we're in the good stage, you know, it's like we're watching things or we're hearing things and we're like, you know, we're already feeling defeated before we even get started. You know what? God has an assignment for you. God wants your team to look like he has called your team to look, not like someone else's team, you know, that God has called you into your church for such a time as this. So guard yourself, you know, from looking to the left or to the right, you know, if things are bringing you discouragement, if things are bringing you defeat, or if it's like social media, I just encourage you just to turn it off, just turn it off and to be able to just focus on what God's called you to. And knowing that good things take time and great things take even longer, be patient, be consistent and it will grow. Be patient and be consistent and it will grow. Inward equals outward. 
Okay, so another practical in building a healthy team culture is you need to know what you want before you can build it. We need to know what we want before we can build it. Now, again, some of you are already going to be challenging me on the thought and, you know, and, and don't worry, I'm going to go there. But it's not just about, it's not about what we want. It's about what the Lord wants. You know, it's about seeking the Lord, you know, and asking him what his plan, you know, what is his vision for the worship team. And that's something that I go to the Lord every year if not twice a year, you know, just constantly asking the Lord, Lord, what's your plan for the team, you know, and, and not trying to repeat past years. Um, but we need to know what, what we want before we can build it. I think sometimes we have expectations of our teams and we haven't even made the expectations <laughs> clear. You know, if you've, maybe you've ever worked for a job and they didn't give you a job description, you know, and then you got in trouble for something and you're like, I didn't even get a job description. I didn't even know that was on my job description, you know? And uh, that's true with teams too. So we need to know what we want before we can build it. Habakkuk 2.2 says, write the vision down and make it clear. Uh, Vanessa, can you just write that in the chat there? Habakkuk 2.2 says, write the vision down and make it plain, make it clear. And, and we need to do that for our teams. And I'm going to send you guys some free tools today just to help you do that. But we need to write the vision down for our teams and make it plain. And again, you might not have this laid out yet, but guess what? It's October, okay? This could be a really good thing if you don't have these kind of things in place to maybe implement in January or maybe February. February is when we always do our vision casting in church. Um, but if you don't have anything like this, you know, you could begin to seek the Lord now and just saying, Lord, what, what do you have for our worship team next year? You know, and I would encourage you to, if you're not a worship leader, or a worship pastor, and you don't have this and you're getting all hyped about this, just don't go to our your worship pastor, or worship leader and say, we have to do this. <laughs> I just, just, just ask the Lord of how he would want you to say that to Yebenisa's like thumbs up. You know, I've, I've done that in my younger years, you know, and then I didn't understand why my worship pastor, worship leader talked, didn't talk to me for a couple of weeks, you know, so just, you know, just humbly, you know, find the ways, you know, and, and ask the Lord, you know, do I say this or do I pray about it? You know, um, but, but the Lord will lead you. But if you're a worship pastor, worship leader, you know, have a cut to two, write the vision down and make it plain because your team's going to be able to run with it when they can see it. They're going to be able to grab hold of things when they can see it. Culture will be able to be uh, more readily formed when people can see, you know, who they are, where they're going. So first thing I would ask you, um, does your worship team have a mission statement? And some of you can be like, what? Our church does, but our worship team doesn't. Does your worship team have a mission statement. And I would tell you, this is only something that I just worked on this year. And you know what? I actually didn't print off. I should have printed off uh, our worship team stuff. So I could have just, maybe I'll send that to you guys as well, um, just to show you what we're doing here. And it was just like a short sheet uh, of stuff for them, just an easy handout for them. Uh, it's, uh, for Wilco, it's something like this, to help raise up and equip worship leaders from around the world to bring strength to their local churches and glory to God. You know, our values of worship leaders collective is to connect encourage and equip. So I would ask you, you know, does your worship team have a mission statement? And if it doesn't, if that's something that you need help with, I'm more than happy to help you with that. Or we could have another Zoom class, you know, with how to craft a mission statement, but it will really help your team catch the vision. And it will also help them move forward with you. Because I find that as, you know, worship pastors or worship leaders, sometimes we can start riding off into the sunset on our horse. And then we look around and nobody's going with us. Okay. So <laughs> you have to, you know, you got to ask yourself a few questions. You know, first of all, am I leading them well? 
in, in some ways that, you know, in leading our team well, it's just even having a mission statement, um, you know, so that you can help your teams go with you. I think sometimes we can feel frustrated too. It's like, why isn't this happening? Why isn't this, you know, this happening, you know? And just simple things to build a, you know, healthy team culture of like having a mission statement, having core values can really help the aha lights come on for your team. And, you know, in grad school, one of my professors, he said this, and I'll never forget this. This might help some of you. He said, everybody is four years old. He said, everybody is four years old. And I laughed. I, I laughed. I'm always one of those like inappropriate laughers, either in the movies or in like school. And I'll just be laughing and nobody else is laughing. But when he said that everybody's four years old, I laughed so hard. But the longer I thought about it, it's true, you know. So you just have to remember with your team is, you know, everybody's four years old. That I think of that in the posture of I need to get down on my knees with my team all the time, you know. And am I hearing them? You know, am I seeing them? Do they feel me hearing them? Do they feel me seeing them? Do I know them? Do they feel like I want to know them? Do they know that I know them? You know, am I allowing them to know me, you know? And even with things like mission statements and core values can actually be the gateway to help open that so that, again, it's great to have many parts, but unless those parts work together, what does it really mean, okay? So having a mission statement, core values can help your team work together. So I'm gonna read you some of our core values, okay? I actually posted this on our Instagram last night. Uh, worship leaders collective if you follow our instagram account uh number one is we go together not alone and i'm gonna you can write this down uh, i find that if i write things down it helps me remember them or just like you know just get an imprint on my heart uh, but we will also we have a dropbox folder that we're going to send all of you okay so number one we go together not alone teamwork is our hallmark family is our framework we are more effective together than we are alone okay teamwork is our hallmark family is our framework we are more effective together than we are alone. Number two, we are undivided. Okay, this is a big one this year. And it helps keep checks and balances in your team, okay? We are undivided. We stand shoulder to shoulder, focus fixed, remembering who our real enemy is. We share the credit in victory and the responsibility in defeat, okay? So think inter, you know, we're going together. Number three, okay, so if you're planning or you're writing music or you're strategizing, or, you know, or if you might have that, like, um, person on your team that's Robbie Wright, they just always have to be right. And every conversation becomes about winning. If you've ever had a, you know, a rehearsal, and like, that's not the right chord. And then before you know it, the whole team is, is arguing, am I alone in this? This has definitely happened once or twice. Vanessa's like, no, that's never happened, you know. Perfect church. Go to Vanessa's church. It's in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Uh, we have just found the first, first perfect church. <laughs> in the world with the first perfect worship team but number three is we let the best idea win you know and this is just the posture of humility right here in teachability we are convinced there are better ideas in all of us than in one of us you know and it's a really beautiful thing if an entire team really believes that the, we let the best idea win you know so as you have a mission statement and as you core values eventually this stuff gets from their head and it gets to their heart and that's culture okay but it, it's not just something that you do or something that you're just told to do but it becomes part of who you are it's really a beautiful thing a uh, number four we abandon smallness okay all you small churches okay you're significant we abandon smallness we're part of the kingdom of god we're part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken i pray that we remember that with all of our heart we fight to live big on the inside okay we fight to live big on the inside losing our lives in a shared vision 
spirits fuel our service, okay? Uh, number five, okay, this kind of goes with number two, and uh, we need to focus on this a lot this season, but we are undeterred by offense. We are undeterred by offense. We go to the table of truth often, refusing to allow personal disagreement to become team division. And, and I've heard this one so many times as I've, sh I've heard, you know, I'm sure you guys have, you know, in church, I'm offended. I'm offended. I'm offended about this. I'm offended about that. You didn't do this. You didn't do that, you know? And, and I just kind of laugh at people. And, you know, especially in this season, because people have been so frustrated and seem like just so easily offended and offended, you know, by so much, but in a family culture, like I have to say in our family, you know, and in my one side of the family, we're quite dysfunctional, okay? Jake's family, my husband's family is like, leave it to Beaver family, they're perfect, okay? But then you have my family and then you have his family, but I'm just saying, even with my family, okay? I can't remember words like, oh, I'm so offended with you, I'm never gonna talk to you. You might say, hey, that really hurt me, or Benice is like, well, maybe, but you know, you might, you know, you've really hurt me or hey, like, you did this and you know what it really bothered me but i would say you know really encourage your team if, if you hear the word offended get rid of it just say like you know what this word is not allowed on our team because you know we, we're not just um or that we are after a family culture and we're going to go to the table of truth often you know and, and what did we start talking about today with matthew love the lord your god with all your heart your soul your mind and your strength love your neighbor as yourself so I'm constantly telling our teams and we're having another team meeting coming up this Tuesday. It's our first one for this fall. And, you know, we have new people on our team. And this is one of the first things I'm going to tell them is that our lens for everything is love. And just say, you know what, other people might have hurt you. You might have filters in your lenses, but I want your lens here to know that you are loved. You are unconditionally loved, you know, so don't take a discipline as a rejection or don't take a correction as like you're out of here and then you're offended and then you just walk away. Uh-uh. Okay, uh-uh, the enemy would love to divide us so that we're not walking together, that we're not becoming the house that God's called us to be. But we go to the table of truth often, refusing to allow personal disagreement to become team division. And I'll actually tell you this, like having team core values, like even at Trinity Western University, um, I actually just saw the fruit of the, having the team core values uh, with one of my leaders. And she came up to me last week and she said, Jenny, you said this at our team night, you know, that we come to the table of truth often. So I believed you when you said this. So I just have a couple of things I want to talk to you about. I said, yeah, totally, man. Let's talk about it. And I love that because she heard the team core values. She believed the team core values. And what it did was it opened her heart to be able to talk to me and not just get offended, misunderstood and walk away. Because a lot of the times the enemy will just use these little things to cause misunderstandings and then it just causes this chain reaction especially right now you know is that um just you know just the value you know that i'm already seeing of having team core values in this team at this university has just been super invaluable valuable okay number six we starts with me we are committed to personal spiritual health we will not effectively lead others until we diligently lead ourselves huge okay we starts with me okay us first we're committed to personal spiritual health we will not effectively lead others until we diligently lead ourselves and that really makes me think um as i'm sure some of you are already thinking about the apostle paul saying follow me as i follow christ follow me as i follow christ um people are watching us people are watching us 24 7. they're they're watching what you post on social media they're watching what you say on social media 
They're watching how we interact with people. You know, we signed up for this. We signed up for this, you know, and for us to be aware, you know, that um, to be leaders worth following, okay, to be leaders worth following, you know, and to be um, leaders that, you know, as I say, worth following, you know, as we are true, people will follow us, you know, and there's this old adage that says we teach what we know, but we impart who we are. Okay, who you are is going to get imparted into your team. You will not be able to hide it. You might think that you are hiding things, but who you are will get into your team. So we must be committed to personal spiritual health. We start with me. And this goes for all of our teams, you know? And I would encourage you, maybe get, get the rewatch of this and get all of your teams to hear this. Okay, number seven, and this is the goal here too, and, and, you know, with becoming a spiritual house, but also we move church forward. We help move church forward. Again, we're part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We are bought with blood, we're baptized with fire. We'll stop at nothing to see our communities, to see our churches look like heaven. Amen. Amen. Okay. So um, just some practicals and we're just, this is our, our closing here. And I'm sure some of you have been waiting for just a few more practicals. But again, to go back to the spirituals is that Jesus must be the solid foundation of our worship team. I don't know how many teams that I have seen lacking in this area. And it kind of blows my mind in a way. Um, even one of my own teams was lacking in this area. Uh, Ten years ago, we moved to Calgary, Canada, or Calgary, Alberta in Canada. And... I took over quite a large worship team, a bigger worship team than I'd ever, I'd only ever led one worship team. I was quite young, um, went from one to five, which was a lot, you know, to go from one to five and in, in, in quite a, a bigger church. Um, but I can remember going to that first team meeting and being so excited. I was so excited. It's like when you're young, you're just like, I'm going to change the world. <laughs> you know, like show up ready for that. I show up for that worship team, you know, and, you know, with your, you know, best plan, best plan. Okay. Really was a learning. It was a learning moment for me. Thank God for learning moments. And, um, but we can go in with our best plans. So I'm talking about Jesus and, you know, I got these scriptures out and as I'm talking about God, it's like you could have cut the atmosphere with a knife. It's like they'd never heard of the man himself. And I'm not just saying Jesus was a man or God was a man. I know God is God. Okay. He's not like, he's not a better version of us, but it's like, they did not know who God was. It was like a foreign concept to, you know, to talk about God. And, and I realized that these guys are just blown through their set list. That's all they're doing at worship teams or at their worship rehearsals, you know? And I want to encourage you for your worship rehearsals, don't just make them about blowing through your set list. And, and I'm going to give you some thought, more thoughts here in a minute, you know, is again, to be building that spiritual foundation every time you guys come together. Because, you know, um, our Sunday mornings or Saturday nights, whenever Wednesday nights, whenever you guys do your worship, they're already an expression, another, you know, uh, another expression of who your worship team already is. Let's not just make Sunday or Saturday night or Wednesday night the main thing, Okay. It's just another, it's just an outflow of who our teams already are. So for us to remember, for our teams, our teams are spirit, our teams are soul, and their body. Our teams are spirit, their soul, and their body. And we need to serve our teams as leaders in those three areas, you know. And, and for me, that's really helped me because it helps me break it down, you know, to, to ensure 
you know, are the team, you know, is the team getting fed spiritually? Is the team getting fed, you know, in their soul? Is their team, you know, getting fed in their body? And so for those of you who don't understand um, what soul is, our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions, okay? So our spirit or our teams are spirit, their soul, and their body. So for a healthy team, I believe that these three things need to be accomplished in one way or another. And it's definitely not going to look the same for everyone, but these might be some ideas for you guys to springboard just to begin to help, you know, more establish that healthy team culture. And, and I'd say I've also I've pastored a lot of worship teams and not one has been the same. Not one has been the same. So again, you can have the best plans, you know, the best ideas, but the best idea for your team is going to be the one given to you by the Holy Spirit himself. And uh, with that foundation of loving God and loving people. Okay. So number one, spirit, our teams are spirit. They have spiritual needs. And like I just said, you know, don't just have rehearsals as a run through of your set list. I've really cautioned you guys of doing that, you know, because then what happens is all our, our, our teams, um, they're just not going to be growing spiritually, you know, is it just becomes about our time card punching in, punching out, you know, we're trying to get in and we're trying to get out of there, you know, and, and our churches are going to feel that because, you know, they're going to feel, um, they're going to reap a greater benefit when we're really investing into our teams spiritually. So build into your teams, build into your teams this season, what we put into our teams, we're going to get out, what we put into our teams, we're going to get out. And, and some of us, you know, I think if we're all honest, like we've been in seasons of our life where we weren't totally happy with our teams, you know, we just weren't satisfied with where things were at. But we have to remember it's incumbent upon us as leaders to remember that what we put in, we will get out as a parent. You know, I have to remember that my children are the fruit of what I've put into them, what my husband's put into them, you know, to be mindful every single day, even when I'm tired, even when I'm exhausted, even when my kids frustrate me, you know, is what I put into them. I, um, I will get out of them. So our teams, you know, we need to build into them. Um, so like practically, you know, we can start with a team devotion. That's what I, we like to do is we start with a team devotional. But guess what? Isn't me usually doing the team devotional? It'll be somebody on the team. It could be someone as young as 15 someone who's 70 years old i don't care how old they are but i know that everyone has something to contribute and it's really important to me that everybody on the team knows that they have something to contribute because they're going to be singing those songs from a deeper place they're going to be singing those lyrics from a deeper place you know um because the 15 year old that might not have had to dig deep because he didn't have um maybe the environment you have to dig deeper in where, where I'm forcing him, not forcing, that sounds like a strong word, but I'm encouraging him to dig deeper is he's going to begin to see, oh, I have a voice. I have value. Oh, I'm not too young, you know? And then he's going to, you know, those, those lyrics, like I was saying, you know, those songs, they're just going to have a greater meaning for him personally. I believe that him or her, you know, they'll be, they'll be leading or, you know, leading with the team from a different place or a deeper place. So you could start with a team Devo. Um, again, you can have your team, different people of your team lead. I'll have like a calendar made and be like, Hey, it just has to be five or 10 minutes. If they need help finding a Psalm, I'll give them a Psalm. I don't want to set the team up to fail. I want to set them up to win, you know, so I'll kind of gauge where they're at, but I'll make sure that I help them along. It's really good. It's really good for our teams to see what's going on in our hearts. It's really, really good. You know, the Bible says that our faith becomes more effectual by acknowledging, you know, every good work in us, you know, and for your teams to be able to connect spiritually, that is the strongest connection that they are ever going to have. It's just going to be such a meaningful connection. So, you know, they're able to hear what's on diff in different people's hearts 
and they're going to be able to bond and connect in that way. I also encourage you to pray before you practice. Not really a shocker thought there, but pray before you practice. You know, again, not just jumping into the work or else, or else all, all rehearsal becomes is just work. It just becomes a job. We're not rock bands. You're not rock bands. You're worship teams. We're worship family. You know, we're extension of the kingdom of God. So let's pray. You know, we, we pray before we practice in our house. And I'll also have times where I'll have the team pray for one another or encourage one another. You know, I like to do this thing, too, where sometimes we sit around a circle and I'll ask the team to get a word, you know, or a word of encouragement for the next team and, and or for the next person next to them. And for some people, depending on the culture of their house, that can really freak them out. But I find that's also a really powerful tool because people feel seen. Um, you know, people bond over that. They feel a greater sense of belonging. Um, they feel a greater sense of connection. So I find that, you know, that's a real, really great tool. And then about once every eight weeks, we'll have a rehearsal that's just a worship night. It's just a worship night, you know. I think highest and best too is if, you know, depending on how your your church is, you know, woven together, is to have your tech team join the worship night, you know. And so that your tech team, like I find that in churches, there can be a lot of silos. You know what I mean? When I say silos, like things are isolated. So it's like the tech team does it their thing. And then you have the lighting team here and then you have the worship team, you know, and then you have the kids team, you know, and so many things are siloed. But I don't think that between like tech team or lighting, if you have all of that in the worship team, I don't think that they should be fully siloed. You know, I actually think that they're all an extension of worship. And even if you have a worship night, every eight weeks again that can be a real great time for everybody to come together and for everyone just to feel refreshed you know and again your team is going to be worshiping from a next level place you know the more that you know you build things like this into them okay so soul mind will and emotions okay you might want to write that down if you've never heard that definition of soul but soul is your mind your will and emotion so practically like i'll have a group chat with my worship team just a group chat i could send them verses or words of encouragement and, um, and, you know, not only will it encourage them throughout the week, but it also gives them an, an, an opportunity to encourage one another. And John Maxwell said this, he said, effective teams have teammates who are constantly talking to one another. He said, effective teams have teammates that are constantly talking to one another. And, and I'll find even with teams, whereas it might be the leader talking to different people in the teams, but the teams aren't necessarily talking to the team. So that team that I was talking about in Calgary, where I could have cut the atmosphere with a knife when I talked about God, guess what? The teams didn't even know each other. They didn't even know each other's names. So I don't mean like team one didn't know team five in a big church. That might not be super uncommon. Not how I would not say that's a good thing. Um, but like team one didn't know, like the bass player didn't know the guitar player's name. Like, yeah. Super not good, you guys, super not good. But effective teams have teammates who are constantly talking to one another. So just even like a, a little, you know, effective tool, you know, put in your arsenal is just have like a group chat and, you know, uh, all the iPhone users, raise your hands. Yes, this the Supreme iPhone. I'm just kidding. It's always like this war between iPhone and Android. And uh um, but I know that not everybody in your team probably has, you know, there's always like that one person that ruins the iPhone for everybody. It's like, oh, well, we got to go to WhatsApp. But I would encourage you, it's, it's, you know what, just do it. Just take one for the team, start the group chat. It's, it's really a great thing, you know, when you're building to them. And you also find at the beginning of this, some of your team will be really unresponsive, okay? Do not take it as a personal rejection. Again, love God, 
of people. So as, as leaders, what people do or don't do to us shouldn't move us, shouldn't move us. When I'm preaching on Sunday, if my church doesn't amen me, I'm not going to stop preaching. I'm still going to be going after. I'm still going to be like preaching the message with all of my heart because I'm not looking for them to give me something. Okay. You know, I'm preaching it to myself. You know, I'll preach it to an audience of one if I have to. But like with our teams is, you know, if you start that group message and like, well, this isn't really working very well. They're not, they're being unresponsive. Uh, you know what you are sowing into them. And a lot of them just don't know what to do. So again, good things take time. Great things take even longer. Um, practically too, take your team for coffee once in a while. Just be a real person. Don't let everything just be about the rehearsal. Get to know them. And here's the other thing. Allow them to get to know you. It's okay. Allow them to get to know you. It's going to make the team connection even stronger and be available. I think sometimes, um, and I've definitely been guilty of this in the past, and thank God that uh, we grow more day by day. But I would say like 15 years ago, I probably had a sign on my face that said busy. <laughs> like, don't, you know what I mean? And, you know, let's just be, you know, um, it's, you know, be mindful to be available for our teams. You know, that'll help build a healthy team cultures to be available and just to create that generous spirit, you know, that generous, you know, open handedness to your team, open heartedness to your team. And I know that they'll really appreciate it right now. Um, one of the things that the students were saying um, yesterday, because I was asking them, hey, how was your Thanksgiving? And the number one thing they all said was, I was really taken care of this weekend. I'm like, oh, Gen Z, you're awesome. You know, like they're just really taken care of. And for us to realize, like, if you got a lot of young people in your team, they really just need to be taken care of. Okay. I know it can get tiring, but God will give us the strength. They just need it. So let's just like pour out our hearts. They'll get there. We holding up the strong, you know, but let's just be available for them and, and support them and be the moms and dads, you know, that God has called us to be in this season. Okay. So body, physical needs. So Practically once a quarter, plan a fun night for your team. What a novel idea, okay? Uh, could be a movie, could be everyone coming over, you know, could be people setting, you know, separate homes, depending on how big, you know, your teams are and having dinner nights. Could be a trampoline park. I don't encourage the trampoline park, and I'm saying the trampoline park because we did this in Calgary. If anybody lives in Calgary, you know the flying squirrel well. It's a trampoline park in Calgary. I went falling almost to my 